More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. IntraQuest, created by Michael Freiberg, a production of iHeartRadio and Astra Media. Listen with headphones for 3D audio. Today is another fine day out on the Azrael Desert. The sun's shining bright over the dunes, the sand sliding gracefully beneath our feet, and the three of us making ample progress along the main route to the mole lair. It's almost as if the heat wave's melting right off our backs. And who knows what great adventures lie ahead? Run-ins with desert bandits? Skirmishes with giant scorpions? Shifting sands, barren wastelands, or even a chance encounter with Umbra? Bring it on! There's nothing the three of us together can't conquer! And I'll have you back home in Imperia before you can say... Quiet! What? Ethan? What's wrong? Logo, do you have to narrate out loud each and every step of the way? I was only attempting to boost group morale and improve disposition, given the intense heat wave. Maintaining a positive attitude in times like these is critical to overcoming hardships experienced along a lengthy and difficult mission such as ours. Yeah, well, it's bad enough we're short on supplies and running low on water, but now Sirius and I have to listen to you drone on and on while the sun beats down on us? Do you have any idea what kind of torture that is? Well, actually, in regards to our bleak water prognosis, I believe I've come across a solution. I've spotted an oasis on the map ahead, about a day's worth of travel from here, and only a short distance off the main route. Before you interjected, I was about to suggest we head there to refill our canteens and take respite from the desert sun. Okay. Set course for the oasis. In the meantime, it's vital we conserve energy. If this heat wave doesn't let up, I fear that out of all of us... You, Logo, won't make it through the night. How do you suggest we pass the time? Ah, vow of silence. 
Yeah. Yeah, a moratorium on talking. Silence for a change. At least until sundown. Okay. Silence until sundown. We can use the time to reflect on our journey. If either of you need inspiration, just think of the reward that awaits us at the end of the mission. Now, onward we go. Reward at end of mission. Imperia good, but opals? Funny how people think opal have value. Opal can be eat or drink, or used to fight. Opal just shiny rock. And people trade food, water, weapon for opal? Ha! Silly. Yes, sir. Me take best sword you sell. Sword you spend hundred hours making in fiery pit with own hands. And here, for sword, take rock. Mm -hmm. Yes, rock is shiny. Ha! If Sirius trade rock for sword, Sirius use sword, take back rock. Outsmart dumb merchant. Hm. Merchant who have rock for brain. And people look down on Sirius for way he talk. Huh. People fools value rock like opal. Now moon pop. Mm. Moon pop, not opal have value. Moon pop delicious. Filled with gooey bindleberry jam. Mmm. No one fight when have moon pop in belly. <laughs> Everyone love moon pop. Uh, we're serious at moon pop. But Moon Pop no have value. Only stupid rock have value. Huh. And foolish people honor trade with Opal because agree to with Handshake. Oh, sacred Handshake. Huh. Join hand with stranger, shake up and down. That mean bond of kin? That foolish as trading Opal. In nature, bear no shake paw with wolf. Respect, honor. Signaled without words or motion. But people know what simple. People want confuse. Create silly rules to follow. Make feel smart. <laughs> Same how people go live in small box and village. Away from nature. Build big gate like cage to keep out world. <laughs> Worship gold idol that look like self. But that no real life. This here, outside real life. They think with opals they buy wisdom, but they don't buy true knowledge. Here, away from village cage, have everything we need and free. Sunrise, sunfall. Simple, way life meant to be. <clears throat> Only fool challenge mother nature, father time. And in end, time and nature make fool of all. <sighs> Even serious go against nature. Fall prey to illusion. Worship false spirits. Oh, 
serious no belonging desert on journey and faraway land. Sirius belong free in open field. Sirius even work for Opal, and Opal no have value. All illusions, all will come to end. One day, Sirius settle and make new home. Return to green lands. Live simple life outside with nature. But Sirius, no. For now, Ether needs Sirius. And Sirius, oh, Ether, Sirius life. At end, when journey over, Sirius spend share of Opal on bucket full of moon pop. Moon pop. Moon pop. Sorry, moon pop on mind. Back to desert silence. Stare up at sky. That's better. Finally, some overcast skies on the horizon. A little cloud cover would be welcome relief from this relentless sun. Maybe our luck's looking up after all. That one. The puffy V-shaped cloud floating overhead. The shape looks familiar, the way it's gliding across the sky, almost lifelike. That's it! The phoenix! The mythical bird of regeneration and rebirth. That's what it looks like. I can see it clearly now, the furrowed feathers and outstretched wings, the aquiline beak extending from its raised head in the center. How it soars seamlessly through the air, rising to reach the sun itself, only to burn out and be born again. The clouds' vapors even look like billowing pillars of smoke from here, as if the ashes of the phoenix are still burning hot in the day's sky. And that cloud in the distance, such imposing stature, it practically rises out from the azure and suits straight into the ozone, stretching on to heights unknown. It's the shape of a castle's central watchtower, but what good is that? What could one possibly be keeping lookout for all the way up there? Those heights are unreachable by man. Even eagles wouldn't dare. The only use a tower that tall serves is to spy on the stars themselves. The sad thing is, we'd build it if we could. We're vain enough to think us equals worthy of a glimpse at their secrets. Have we learned nothing from the childish hubris of those who've come before us? The cycle continues. The higher we build, the farther we fall struck down by the light of the stars, doomed to repeat our inevitable fate. <sighs> Come on, Aether. Stop building castles in the sky. Get your head out of the clouds for once. Focus on what's important and lies ahead. Use this time to reflect. What is it about clouds that make us see objects in them? Do they even have a true shape? Or are they merely blank slates upon which we project our deepest wishes and desires? only then to see them go poof into a puff of air. Easy come, easy go, I guess. The silver lining is that at least for a moment we get to possess the things we'll never have in this life. And better that than never at all. That, that large round one, looming at the edge, it can't be, no, I swear. It's so clearly the figure of a face, the delicate features, soft eyes, puffy cheeks, button nose, it's almost too perfect for this world. 
the face in the cloud. My mother's. Mother. She looks so peaceful up there. Not going anywhere, just drifting wherever the wind takes her. And smiling down at me from above. Why did the stars have to take you so soon, Mom? I was just a child. I needed you. Your gentle touch. Your soothing voice. Your warm compassion. How cruel this world can be. First father slain, leaving you behind with no one by your side. Then after childbirth, you gave your life for mine. Not a single day passes where I don't wonder how things might have been different. If only you were still here when I was growing up. What kind of life we could have had together. You and me in a little house on a small plot of land. We wouldn't have had much, but we wouldn't want for much either. In time, I learned to be strong like you. I'd even become a great hunter. Every day you'd wait for me to come home with a daily catch, and we'd have a big feast to send off the night, celebrating life and giving thanks we had each other. Or maybe instead, under your watch, I'd become a great scholar, a man of letters I'd make you proud. I'd secure us room and board in an ivory tower in some far-off land, and spend my days studying the meaning of life and learn why bad things happen to good people. Or I'd give up the material world altogether and become wise in the matters of the heart and soul, and show us the true way home. No matter how the story unfolds, we'd have our time in the sun, together as mother and son. But of course, that mad tyrant Akasha back home had to take our life away. She condemned father to death and that killed you. While still in the womb, I felt your heart break. I felt Umbra possess you. Possess us. And I'll never forgive myself for taking from you what you could not have yourself. Life. I guess I'll never know the whole truth. Just left to piece together tattered tales and dreams. I guess that's for the best. Life of pain and suffering, worse than peaceful death. If only there was a miracle cure and a way to turn back time. If only I could start over. I'd find a way to save you, or trade your life for mine. Now all I have left are fading memories. And this amulet, a painful reminder of what was taken from me, my mother, and what took her away, Umbra. When I return to free Imperia, tell me, will there be anything left to save? Either way, I'll see you soon. I'm so tired of fighting. In the end, I'll be the one to sing to you. Don't be sad, don't be blue. I'm the bird who will worry for you. And it'll carry us both to sleep. I know it's a foolish thing to ask, but if you can somehow hear me up there, Mom, can you send me a sign to let me know you're listening? A single teardrop rained down from your clouded face on this hot day would be more than enough. Some proof so I know you're still here watching over me from high above, before you float away and I lose you again forever. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, 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 I, uh, something in my eye. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's, let's just keep moving. Hmm. 
always viewed these travel days as a pleasant yet unfortunate drain on productivity. But now that we've cut the idle chatter, I suppose I'm finally free to focus my mind on more substantial matters. Let's see, where to begin? Maybe I'll remap our route to optimize travel time based on prevailing wind patterns. By reorienting our trajectory to travel with the winds at our backs and eliminating trudging against headwinds, we could reduce air friction caused by drag and save several minutes in aggregate travel time. On the other hand, that's rather inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. We'll get there when we get there. Hmm. Surely there's a cause more deserving of the attention of my unbridled intellectual brain power. I know. Perhaps I'll mull over the theorem I've been tinkering with, the deterministic theorem of quantum mechanics. If you could isolate the initial stage of a quantum system down to the atomic level, then theoretically you could track the development of the system over time. All you'd have to do is work out the position and momentum of the atoms during the system's initial condition state, which is technically impossible. Unless you interpret the system as a series of waves instead of particles. Then, utilizing a wave function, you can capture the complete information of all possible probabilistic momentum and position potentialities, effectively transforming the probabilistic function into a model that's intrinsically deterministic. And once you solve for the beginning and end state superpositions, the opportunities for practical applications are endless. I'm thinking reconstitution, intangibility, teleportation, who knows what else? Eureka! But again, on the other hand, Successful implementation of these applications would require overcoming the impediments of widespread coordination and the lobbying of key personnel. And upon universal acceptance of my theorem, I'd be viewed as an acclaimed pioneer in the field, expected to make countless appearances and accept a multitude of awards. I'm not ready for that level of commitment, at least not just yet. <sighs> there are infinite possibilities for what I can accomplish. I've never had so much concentrated time to think and be alone with my thoughts. I can't wait to unleash this newfound mental energy on the world! That is, once I identify a topic suitable for study. Where to begin? Hmm. Something weighty. Something meaningful, yet manageable. Really, there's nothing too big or too small in scope, as long as it's of the utmost importance. I bet there's some mystery that's been right in front of us the entire time, just waiting to be solved. That once we see it, we'll be in awe at how we could have ever missed it in the first place. But what could that be? I know. I'll start by analyzing the very desert environment we've been traversing. Hmm. What's out here with us in these sands? Any moment now, it'll come to me. Think, Logo, think! Oh, what's the use? There's nothing out here but sand. Miles and miles of insignificant sand. Who even knows where the desert begins and where it ends? Or how many grains of sand are even in this place? Surely that number is incomputable. Though, maybe if the base counting unit was larger than a singular grain, that problem could start to be addressed. A better inquiry, then, is how many handfuls of sand is this desert comprised of? <laughs> That's certainly a non-inconsequential improvement as far as solving this dilemma goes. And I don't say that lightly. <laughs> there, a handful of sand. Much more reasonable. It does also beg another perplexing question. How many grains of sand make up one handful? Clearly, the amount of sand in my hand is greater than a singular grain. No doubt about that. The heft, shape, and volume all make that very clear. I'd venture it's even 10,000 times greater in number than the amount of a singular grain. But say I were to remove one grain of sand from the pile. That leaves 9,999 grains of sand remaining. Or said another way, 
these 9,999 grains of sand now comprise the handful. An irrefutable deduction. Now, bold as I may be, if I were to remove a second grain from this pile, I'm left with 9,998 grains of sand. Categorically still, by all counts and measures, a handful of sand. Hypothetically speaking, and strictly as an exercise, dare to take away one more grain of sand? 9,997 grains now remain. If 9,998 grains of sand were a handful and you removed a single grain from the pile, no material amount of information has been lost. Therefore, I propose that 9,997 grains must also be classified as a handful. Deriving the base level axiom, the rule is as simple as follows. A handful of sand minus a single grain remains a handful of sand. Taken to its logical extreme, if I were to keep removing grains of sand one by one from the pile, then that must mean a single grain of sand is equal to a handful. How can that be? It's by definition a logical contradiction. The very foundation of deductive reasoning has been shattered. At what point on an infinite continuum does one definite article give way to another? If no single point exists, then the ramifications are limitless. Day becomes night, past merges with future, and life is death. Then the only conclusion that follows is that every part of a system at every level is equal to the entirety of the system itself. Consider the implications on a cosmic level. If one can't distinguish between a grain of sand and a handful of sand, how can one make sense of the universe? Applying the same handful to grain principle. The universe is made up of galaxies, which in turn are comprised of solar systems, which themselves consist of planets that are populated by civilizations that divide out into societies made up of people like us. <sighs> made up of us. That means we are the universe experiencing itself. It's all here in these grains of sand. The answer in the palm of my hand, the entire universe is nothing but a... Logo? Uh, sorry, the sand in my hand made me sneeze. Sand in your hand? What are you talking about? Uh, the desert sandy universe of the cosmic continuum. Uh, er, never mind. You should be using this time to think and reflect. Stop playing with sand and find something more meaningful to occupy your mind. Sure, Ether. I'm working on it. And like the eye on your amulet, I'll keep my eyes open for inspiration. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road 
road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tail. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. My amulet, the Eye of Imperia. What do I make of it? How is it that the one thing keeping me safe from Umbra is the one thing holding me back from seeing through the lies and finding out the truth? That can't be right, can it? Why would I think that? That's crazy talk. Complete and utter nonsense. Those words must have been Umbra's. They have to be. If Sirius and Logo could read my thoughts right now, they'd want me confined. They knew how much I longed to return to Umbra's inner realm. How alluring I find her call. They'd think I'd lost it for sure. Ether has finally gone off the deep end. No, I must be wrong. Why does it feel so right? How come every time I take off my amulet and enter the intra, I feel like I'm on the verge of learning some great truth, discovering an unknown insight into our existence, and gleaning a deeper meaning of life? But I never quite get there, do I? Sure, sometimes I feel close, like it's only barely out of grasp. That if I could just reach down deep enough, I could nearly touch it. But at the end, it always slips through my fingers and I come up short. And I'm left chasing shadows with no real form. Void of any realization or new awakening. With nothing to show for my troubles but regret and disillusion. And worse, the vague feeling that I'm slowly losing some part of me. And yet, some part of me, some crazy twisted, messed up part of me knows that it's simply because I haven't gone far enough, that I'm nowhere near the limit. I have to keep pushing past the brink and journey into the deepest recesses and darkest corners of my mind. And only by traversing the depths of my soul will I one day reach the bottom and break through to the other side. And there, I'll find it. That undeniable truth, finally crystallized. Something to make sense of it all. To reveal to me my true self and make me whole and give meaning to my life. But these days I can't shake the feeling that I'm not going in the right direction anymore. Like I'm just a tourist in my own body, simply passing through. While I'm traveling through this desert, my mind is flying through hyperspace. And I don't know if I'm getting any closer to where I was heading or if I'm just falling further and further into this bottomless black pit of self. And I don't know anymore if I want to know which way is up. <sighs> Maybe that's just how the world is. There are some things we'll never know. And though we look for answers, we're destined to always be searching, finding nothing but endless questions. When did things get so bad? Where did I go so wrong? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve any of this? How come this is my life? But there's nothing there. No answer. No purpose. No meaning. No end. 
On the other hand, there are things in life we somehow intuitively know, even if we can't understand why we know them. Like how a newborn cries at the sight of a predator's shadow, despite having never seen its face before. Fear. Primal fear. Of the unknown. The dark. Silence. Oblivion. Of what lurks just beneath the surface. It's instinctual. Or how about... Love. How an infant comes out of the womb, knowing it's safe in the arms of its mother. We may never find answers for these unprovable truths. But their knowledge is wisdom we already possess within. Or maybe the greatest folly of some truths is that there's no one to believe them. Not even yourself. For all I know, this journey I'm on has no end. There won't be any milestones of growth or deeper understanding. I hope for enlightenment, but we'll be left in the dark. How can I even be so sure that any progress I think I've made along the way isn't really just me refusing to acknowledge that I've gone down the wrong path? Could I accept the truth if it was right in front of me? They call Umbra the master of delusion, but I can't tell any longer where ether ends and Umbra begins. I thought I could explore Umbra's intra free of cost, that I had nothing to lose. But that's not true after all. I have been losing. My sanity. My health. My faith. Myself. And now I'm lost. Feel Umbra's hold over me growing stronger every day as my descent into the entrance deepens and I fall further and further under her command. Is this the unthinkable truth I've kept for myself? That I'm going mad? That maybe I've already gone mad? But this truth has always been my destiny, hasn't it? Since the day I struggled into existence, born to a mother damned by Umbra and bound to suffer myself. A tangled web. I've been mortally wounded since birth. I'd be lying to myself if I said there was any other way for me. My whole life, I've known it. And my whole life, I've feared it. It was only a matter of time until I lost myself to Umbra completely. But I'm no longer scared of that time. Because I fear that moment may have already passed. The others have no idea how deep I've fallen. I wonder if I really do. For all I know, I could be leading Sirius and Logo farther and farther into the dark night of her abyss, taking them straight into her trap. Surely they have better sense than me and won't be tricked so easily. I guess I won't know for sure, will I? I suppose the deeper and deeper you fall into Umbra, the harder it is to distinguish truth from a lie. That's the curse of going mad, isn't it? That's the blessing of going mad, isn't it? You can no longer tell just how mad you've gone. The paradox of madness, the madder you are, the more warped your logic and diluted your reasoning so you convince yourself that you, and only you, are in possession of some secret, undeniable truth. When, in reality, the truth couldn't be farther away. And who can tell you you're wrong when you're up is down, left is right, and black is white? Untenable leaps that once required mental gymnastics to reach are now level ground. From there, you'll ditch your old beliefs in a heartbeat and start swearing by the impossible. Like the moon is made of cheese. Or that you're already dead and the world is controlled by a secret society of top hat wearing gophers conspiring to dance the bunga on your grave. <laughs> Serious? Don't encourage his behavior. 
laugh make me laugh. But our silence agreement. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're right, Logo. I was overcome with a spontaneous fit of hysteria. That's all. You won't hear another sound out of me until dark. Promise. Hmm. Good. There's that sound again. The hum. A tritone interval followed by the rest of an arpeggiated, diminished chord. I've heard this sound a myriad of times before in the desert, but on a still afternoon like today, the hum's motif most strikingly pierces through the background clutter. Hmm. What kind of entity could be responsible for emitting this strange hum? It's impossible to place. One thing's for certain. Whatever it may be, it's not local to the desert's natural acoustic ecology. I wonder if the others hear it too. Though it harmonizes rather well with the external desert environment, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's virtually imperceptible to the untrained ear. Hmm. Come to think of it, I never paid it much attention before, but in stark contrast to how physically dreadful this desert can be, its soundscape is actually rather comforting. Underlying this sonic environment must be a bevy of unique sounds, each contributed by independent actors possessing a distinct acoustic signature that by chance collectively come together to form this euphonious desert symphony. I wonder if I can isolate the diverse sources responsible for the various rhythms and harmonies. Perhaps if I fully immerse myself in their sounds, I can localize their respective origins. Huh. The serene chirping of desert locusts. Their signature staccato, a love song for the ages. With his mating call, the male attempts to court the female by rubbing his hind legs together to produce the effect, in essence, sending her an auditory smooch from across the dunes. Judging by the sound's intensity, there are only a few of them present. A good sign, as locusts are typically solitary insects, but are prone to large groups swarming when agitated. For our sake, let's hope they keep singing their sweet-sounding melody. I wonder what else is out here. Overhead, the dusk chorus of the sing-song bat. A multiphonic melody of squeaks, squawks, and squabbles as they take flight, indicating that nightfall will soon be upon us. The bats call out in harmonic duet as they communicate with one another. When a bat has located a food source or identified a potential threat, it'll alert the colony with a high-pitched shrill. In turn, the colony responds in kind to spread the news or sound the alarm. What a special treat it'd be if only I could listen in on the sounds of their echolocation used to navigate and hunt in the dark. Unfortunately, it operates on a frequency just outside our auditory threshold for hearing, so I'll have to focus my eavesdropping elsewhere. Ah, the wind's vibrant breeze. Mother Nature's own call of the wild, capable of rustling the leaves on the highest tree branch and moving the clouds themselves with one mighty breath. No noise from a mere creature can match the ethereal beauty of her song. And what range? In an instant, the wind's temperament turns from the gentle whisper of an airy zephyr floating down from up above to the guttural roar of a merciless gale forcefully swirling a fierce desert sandstorm. May she remain calm while we walk her dunes. And finally, the missing piece of the puzzle, the sound of the shifting sands beneath our feet a constant deep crunch caused by the movement of our boots. 
our own contribution to the complex acoustic ecology. With each step we take, we shape the very desert soundscape reaching our ears. <sighs> In truth, analyzing its component pieces does nothing to demystify the desert symphony I'm hearing. How is it possible that each voice, operating independently, sings a unique tune with respect to tone, pitch, volume, and duration that not only minimizes acoustic interference with other nearby vocalists, but seamlessly harmonizes in sonic union? It almost seems too perfect, as if the entire thing has been coordinated by some omniscient composer. Maybe decoded at a lower level, the notes in these sounds carry some deeper message beyond the pleasant nature of their melodies. If I could find a way to decipher these seemingly random groupings of notes, perhaps I'd unveil a hidden language of sorts. After all, what we perceive as sound is really just vibrations traveling through the air in acoustic waves. Hypothetically, I wonder if you were to map the shape of the waves, whether you could start to understand the information contained within. Then, with a powerful enough converter, it might be possible to use the sound waves to develop a common tongue and even converse with the environment itself. Not unlike how a satellite dish receives and transmits information in the form of electromagnetic waves. Hmm. The satellite dish. Funny how Ether and Sirius don't even know what a satellite dish is, yet that's what they've been hired to retrieve. Or is that why they've been hired to retrieve it? I wonder what plans the agency has for the satellite dish. Who might they be trying to communicate with? Logo, where are you going with this? You know that information is classified for a reason. <sighs> Life would be so much easier if only everyone had antennas in their head and all communication was conducted through direct broadcast. With no figurative expressions or colloquialisms to obscure language, we'd be left with clearly transmitted messages. Maybe then people would finally understand me. And I, in turn, them. Hmm. The irony is, some of the most important things in life can't even be expressed in words. They have to be experienced to be understood. Something I'm still learning. Like the relief you get from the first drop of water on a hot desert day. Or the sense of wonder that washes over you when taking in a sunset. Or that warm, fuzzy sensation you feel after a tough day traveling in the dunes, knowing you'll be okay because your friends are by your side. There it is again, the hum. Uh, <laughs> um, the hum. Catchy tune, isn't it? Huh? Hum? What hum? Uh, nothing. Uh, carry on walking. <sighs> Armadillo desert skull. Poor little fellow. Not even armored shell enough to survive desert element. But serious, no weep for fallen friend. This not end of path for animal. Armadillo passed from physical realm to spirit world. Everything has spirit. Not just people and animal. Tree, rock, river. All have life force. Make up world soul. Mm and all die one day. Even ancient river, like Great Snake, reach stage when it start to slow. 
Come day when river carry last rock, tributary pay last offering, and water reach ocean final time. River's bed turn to muddy grave as water run dry and river complete cycle of life. Soon, fertile soil near river turn barren and roots of plants begin to rot. Where once was life, now is death. Where once have water, now have drought. But this not end of path. One day, heavy rain come, and from dry channel, new stream born, flow through valleys and canyons. River current come back in arms of old, carry on life for next generation. Serious no, even though Sirius clan no longer here in physical realm with Sirius, clan spirit live on. Sirius feel clan energy around him. Big Chizuka, hot-headed warrior in clan, now live on as soul of Mount Fumus in homeland, ready to erupt as volcano. Noble Jadessa, healer to ill, her soul among waterfalls, give energy and life to fallen. Vidias, grand seer, knowledge and way of stars and spirits now keep watch above as great cloud. Clan spirits live on in all of nature, in rays of light shine down on Sirius, protect and guide. One day, when Sirius grow old, gray, with many years, Sirius too return to land. Sirius body break down, make soil fertile for new growth. Under dirt where Sirius lay, nourish seedlet, and young saplings sprout from ground. After many season, sapling grow into strong, wise elder tree, number of rings in thick trunk and branches that touch clouds. Trees' big leaves give shade to tired creatures searching rest. Trees' flowers bloom fruit to feed creatures' hungry bellies. In time, give rise to rich lands, nurture new life. Sirius' soul live on through tree as spirit of forest, like ancestors before. When Sirius cross into spirit world, Sirius reunite with clan's people. There, together again at last, Sirius join arms of brothers and sisters and rejoice in cycle of life. <clears throat> but Sirius' soul no belong to spirit world while Sirius alive. Here in physical realm, Ether, Logo, needs Sirius. And here, sunrise to sundown, Ether, Logo, our serious clan. Serious? Ether, Sirius is howling at the sunset. Does that mean our vow of silence is officially over? I think so. I think so. Help bring on the night! <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
station! Finally! I'll get out my rain catcher! Up ahead! There's a cave where we can keep dry for the night. Come on! Last one there, Rotten Moon Pop! Rainfall at sunset. Mom, you heard me. You're still here. Interquest, created by Michael Freiberg, a production of iHeartRadio and Astra Media. Executive produced by Michael Freiberg and iHeartRadio. Co-produced by Adam Raimunda and Chelsea English. Sound design and mix by Dennis Dembeck. Music by Trey Toy. Performances by Matthew Broussard, Ether, Mike Leibovitz, Sirius, Mike Kaplan, Logo, Lucy Pohl, Umbra. Director and head writer, Michael Freiberg. Writers, Tom Delgado and Will Julian. Story editor, Chelsea English. Dialogue editor, J.N. Wang. Additional music, Matthew Blocka. Foley, Post Red. Full cast and crew in the description. Find more podcasts from iHeartRadio on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.